What would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and I'll be your host for this adventure through the amazing sitcom Family Ties. So um, we'll be talking each week, we'll be talking about an episode of Family Ties, uh, episode by episode, and uh, we'd like you to follow along watching the show. Um, It is available for free on Amazon Prime, as well as, um, you know, DVD sets that are available. Um, You don't have to watch the show before you listen to an episode, but it would be uh, definitely beneficial. We're going to be talking about specifics of the show, spoilers. So if you don't want a, uh, you know, 24-year-old show, (laughs) sorry, 34-year-old show, Man, that makes me feel old. If you don't want a 34-year-old show uh, spoiled, make sure that you watch the episode before you listen. And um, I, each week I'll be joined by a special guest host. This week I will be joined by none other than my brother, Matt Vecchio. How's it going? Hey, doing great. That was a blast. And we just watched the uh, pilot for Family Ties. And um, it's called the pilot, episode one. And um, before we get into uh, talking about the show, um, I just want just a little quick introduction to you. Tell me about your history with uh, with Family Ties. Well, other than like the little bit that you have told me about Family Ties, I have no exposure to it. So this was my first time ever watching it. Um, first time with everything. And it was interesting. Okay. Well, we'll talk more yes. a little bit in a bit. Um, an introduction to me, I guess, I, since I will be the ongoing host, you should know. Um, I grew up in the 80s, um, watched Family Ties in its, during its original airing times. Uh, I don't remember, I mean, I probably didn't watch the pilot. You know, back then, you didn't really watch stuff straight through a lot of times like we do now, you know. Mm. Um, in fact, because of the way that TV was, and there's no way to really watch it again except through reruns, episodes were usually built so that you could jump in at any point and know what's going on. It didn't really matter um, a whole lot. So we watched it as a family. It was like one of our family shows that we watched mm. early on. Um, probably the, one of the first ones that I remember that we watched as a family before you were born. Right. Um, I was only four when the pilot came on. So, you know, it probably was a couple of years into it. I don't, know, I don't know if mom and dad were watching it then or not. At some point, we'll have them on the show to talk about it. Um, but anyway, that's my history with it. And then, uh, you know, I always, I, I grew up liking it. I kind of looked up to, um, Alex P. Keaton, Michael J. Fox's character as, uh, kind of like a little, like an early TV hero. Um, for one, I always just thought, you know, he was a cool dude, but also he was always scheming to make money. And I always wanted to like make money. I started my first business quote unquote, when I was in fifth grade, I started making, uh, these little paper fold up things. They were kind of like a mad fold in at the end of Mad Magazine. Um, and I called them things. And I would draw so that, you know, when it's folded up, it looked like, let's say, a person. And then when you unfolded it, the part in the middle would show, like, the guts and the bones in there. Right. Right. And uh, I would take those to school and I would sell them to kids. And I made enough money that um, from selling them to kids that I could go to the school store and buy more supplies and color them and stuff like that. All because, you know, here I am, I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm just like, I'm like Alex P. Keaton, I can make money, too. So, 
that's my history with Family Ties. I uh, I love it. And then a few years ago, I started watching it again and making uh, just some posts on Facebook and got a good response from people. And and uh, I had kind of been tossing around the idea of talking about Family Ties on a podcast. I used to talk about it on my old show, The Pillage Cast, um, that uh, I did with Josh Anderson and Gates. And um, I don't know, it kind of went from there. I irritated them there. So I thought, let's do a whole entire show about it. Great. And here we are with Alex P. Keaton as my friend. So, and I'm here with you, Matt, and uh, let's let's talk about episode one, the pilot. Sha la la la. Um, give me give me your summary here. T- tell us what happened in the show and any thoughts that you had right off the bat. Okay, so well, um, one quick initial thought is I totally relate to the siblings of Alex P. Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> It is I like I know what it feels like to be his younger sibling because um like the entire show was him like bossing around the family <laughs> and telling them what to do and it just reminded me of um being forced to do a music video and there is video evidence of this um but that was so my initial reaction like oh my gosh that is Phil. So, so when I, I I identify with the older brother in it, and you instantly identify with this yeah. poor younger sibling he's bossing around. Right. I don't know which one, but I mean definitely. So yes, that was my initial reaction. Okay. So in this episode, um, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's true though. Already. So in this episode, you know, we're introduced to the whole family. There was a lot of things that kind of surprised me. There are some. There are some great laughs. There are some. Horrible cheesy laughs, but there you, you felt like some actual no, legitimate like jokes. That, it was entertaining. That there was some funny stuff, and I still laugh at some of the parts legitimately. There's, yeah, there's definitely some cheese in there, but there's some cheese, definitely some cheese. But um, you know, we're introduced to the family, and Alex tells them all what to do. He has a girl <laughs> come over, and and like um, you know, they establish that Alex is. Um, a Republican and very um, political, and his parents are like the hippiest of hippies. Um, Opposite, and they're like left wing, right? Very, very. Right. And um, I, I think my favorite joke in it was they were going through old slides of them, like at a a political rally, and like the youngest sister, what's her name, or the the daughter, Jennifer. Okay, Jennifer goes. Oh, mom, you were so pretty. You look like an Indian princess. And the mom goes, Oh, that's actually your father. And then it shows him and he like has a headband and long hair a and a really then, bad wig. And a really bad wig. Yes. And then, um, it's like, Oh, now that's a picture of me. And then the little girl goes, Wow, mom, you look almost as pretty as dad did. <laughs> so that was actually kind of a funny moment. Um, so hippie, hippie parents conservative son who bosses the family around and he like <laughs> dates I, I love that you have this like completely different perspective than i do because i've never like i just think of him as the cool dude that makes money and gets girls and you see him as like the bossy older brother <laughs> well i'm just saying that's the truth that's just great that's why i want so, guest people on here to talk about um it. he's dating this girl and like um, we hear him talking on the phone with her, and she's going to come over and have 
dinner with their family and he's freaking out. He like pays his younger sister to wear this dress and he has like the whole family all pose and he like goes over and fixes their pose. So when she walks in the door, they look perfect and he answers the door. Um, oh, sorry. The butler is not here. I had to get the door myself. And, um, she's kind of a just dud and, um, he's super impressed with her anyway, ends up going to, um, like a country club and this is where we get like the the very important yeah. very special episode this is the that's an interesting concept a very special episode this actually kind of surprised me cuz i'm not used to You're this not used to old in sitcom i'm not used to old sitcoms pre seinfeld sitcoms always had a lesson that you learn at the end i thought it was just going to be funny right seinfeld um, and I, I always give them credit but i'm sure other shows did it but they kind of set the standard for no hugging no learning but before that, that's what happened in sitcoms, is you had lessons you learned and moral to the story. And well, I learned a lesson tonight. So what did you learn? Well, we're going we're gonna to get to the moral at the end, yeah. but tell us kind of what happens. Briefly, um, he goes to this country club with the, his rich girlfriend's family, and um, country clubs are, of course, racist and don't let... The well, bo- this one in particular was an exclusive In the story. One. Oh, an exclusive club. An exclusive one for white people only. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they establish that they don't let the blacks or what else? What did they say? Uh, I don't, I don't remember. Other, other races. Yes, it's for white people. Only. It's for white people only. And the dad is at home stressing about it, and he comes in and tries to drag Alex out of there. And then Alex comes home and tells his dad that he needs to mind his own business, and he didn't accept his apology, and. <laughs> I don't know what the moral of the story was. Seeing me in there again, which is hilarious to me. (laughs) But Uh, but yeah. So I mean, and then then, well, the dad agrees that he probably overstepped. Yeah, I overstepped my bounds. You know, you need your space, and and he's like, I didn't look past my girlfriend's low cut shirt to see the bill of rights. The bill of rights behind her, and it was like, okay, and then. Sweet, happy family wrap-up, funny jokes. So, yeah, it was good. It was fun. My favorite joke is that one at the end there when he says he was doing the bunny hop and he was mad and I was hopping mad. I was hopping mad, which is such a Phil joke. So, this is going to be a good show. Yeah, you've You've got your... just the pilot right Oh, man. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to force other people to watch the show with you, Mr. (laughs) Keaton. Um, It's perfect. My plan... Yes. So there's your summary. Sha-la-la-la. All right. Well, uh, so now we're going to just do a little trivia. But if there's some interesting trivia for each episode, we'll throw it out there. And since it's the first one, and I'm assuming you watched it all the way to the end of the credits, you probably saw the little tag thing at the end. I don't know if you remember this. As a kid, like this was kind of ubiquitous in television for me. But you've got the little tag at the end um, with the production company is Ubu. And it says, sit, ubu, sit. Good dog. And it shows, like, the little dog with the mm-hmm, frisbee. Mm-hmm. Does, that do, does that ring a bell to you at all? Like, well, not that specific one. I mean, like, I remember the, like, the tag at the end of Rugrats, which is the Klasky Co. or whatever. So, I mean, Oh, those, well, so you were familiar with that, but with the, the concept, concept. But not, but not this was sit, just, ubu, sit. I mean, everybody knows sit, ubu, sit, right? So. Oh, okay. Um, all right. I mean, from my, from, in my age, everyone knows sit, ubu, sit. So if I, like, went into a group of 
your aged individuals. Age individuals. Sit, ooh, sit. Good boy. Good Everyone would go, oh, good okay. Dog, yes. Oh, good dog. Um, right, cool. Well, so the trivia is that it's a black lab that appears at the end. It's actually the producer, Gary David Goldberg's dog, whose name was Ubu, mm. um, who tragically, the dog died in 1984. So, uh, um, very sad. Well, dogs don't live forever. That's true. Um, but it was, uh, it was just one of those things that like, you know, cause they did their, their production company did a couple other shows. There's one called Step by Step. Uh-huh. Later on, they did Spin City and then a few other shows here and there. It just was around all the time. It's just one of those things that kind of, I feel like stuck sort of in our collective consciousness. So I'm going to like use this sit, ubu, sit thing as a test for like how old someone is. You can tell. So I'll walk over to them and go sit, ubu, sit. And if they say good dog, like I can. Then you'll know. Right? I'll know. Or if they say, oh, family ties or like yeah. whatever. You know? Okay, cool. Now, if you, you'll be able to tell because they're either so old that they've forgotten or they're so young that they never saw it in the first place. Mm. So. Now it was on the. We've been watching it on Amazon Prime. Um, obviously, there's DVD sets out there and such too. Um, it's probably on YouTube or things like that. But it's at least in the Amazon Prime version that we're watching. It was still intact. So we'll see. Cool. Sha la la la. All right. Uh, this part is called. Uh, we're gonna have. This is our guest star parade. We're gonna talk about guest stars that were on each episode. If there's anyone notable or any fun things like that, and there's just a few extra people outside of the main family that were on this show. Um, obviously, the main family. I mean, we're gonna talk a lot about throughout. But you've got Michael Gross as Stephen, the dad. You've got Elise, the mom, played by Meredith Baxter or Meredith Baxter Bernie, depending on how she's credited. Um, at what point? You've got um, uh, Mallory as the oldest sister. Um, and that is Justine Bateman, who is uh, Jason Bateman's sister mm. from Arrested Development. You're mm-hmm. familiar with mm-hmm. her. Uh, you got Tina Yothers plays Jennifer, the youngest sister. And, of course, Michael J. Fox playing Alex B. Keaton. According, again, to uh, like various trivia things on, on IMDb, the P in Alex P. Keaton was actually improvised by Michael J. Fox. Huh. So. That, it flows. That's, that's word on the street. Um, but anyway, there was just a couple of extra people there. Um, we had, of course, um, Cindy, or sorry, Kimberly, um, who was the girl that he dated. Yes. And, um, she was played by an actress named Cindy Fisher. Um, not what, she wasn't in a ton of stuff. She had mostly small parts in TV and stuff, but two movies that she had little bit parts in that I thought were fun. She was in the Blues Brothers and she was an airplane too. Wow. Pretty exciting, right? Yeah, that is super exciting. I couldn't, they were both like tiny, like barely credited parts though. So, so this is, you know, one of her bigger things. And she, uh, didn't really do a whole lot else with family ties. The mom, um, speaking of Seinfeld, the mom is, uh, Mrs. Blanton. She was played by Tony Sawyer and, um, she had a little bit part on Seinfeld. Huh. Not okay. a whole lot there, but, you know, speaking of Seinfeld. That's cool. Hi. Um, the, so the dad, who is Mr. Blanton, this is interesting. Uh, he's played by um, John Petlock, and he actually went on to be in five episodes total of Family Ties, but this is something fun that they used to do a lot in old sitcoms, and I don't know that they do it as much anymore, but old TV shows in general. He played, of those five appearances, four of them were different roles. Different only, characters. Different characters. So he's Mr. Blanton, he comes up, he's a reverend, then he's Mr. Heaney and Ted Waterman. He plays all these different characters. But again, I think because of the nature of TV, where you didn't get to go back matter. and rewatch it, right? Like, 
you know, you might vaguely recognize someone, but it just, it wasn't a thing. Whereas now when you watch it and you can binge watch a whole season in, in a weekend, you know, right. you're like, oh, wait, that guy was this other guy. You know, how come it's the same actor? But huh. they got away with a lot. And a part of it, I think, was that, you know, actors would be on payroll at whatever studio or that kind of thing. And so yeah. they just were reusing them. That is really interesting. There you go. Good, good little bit. Fun fact there. Uh, and finally, the last one, this is like just totally random. I was just looking at everyone to see if anything uh, was there. But there's uh, a waiter guy. His name was Roger. And there's just a little bit where oh, yeah. they were, oh, yes, Roger, go get a chair. And then Steve was no, like, no, Roger. don't get uh, And it was a little bit. And then he brings over the food. Yeah. Um, he was in the original movie, The Jerk, <laughs> with Steve Martin. And apparently, and I just discovered this by doing a little IMDb-ing today, he was in a movie called The Jerk 2. It's The Jerk, comma, T-O-O, which was a sequel they made to The Jerk, which came out like a couple years after, straight to TV, made for TV. Nobody original uh, was involved with it, except this guy, who was, was in both of them. He, he used their continuity between So, the yeah, well, except in one of them, he was like a waiter again, and in the other one, he was a chef. So he wasn't like, uh, so he, he's in food preparation a lot. So like, that's the only connection I could find between the two, aside from great. the concept and stuff. That's definitely on the list. Yeah. So there you go. Maurice Marsak in the jerk two. Plus I have got to track down the jerk two. Like I, I, I can't find it anywhere yet, but I need to, because how crazy is that? There was a sequel to that's the jerk. Insane. Have you even watched the jerk? Yeah. That's the one with all I need in the world is. Yeah. I don't need anything. I need this. Yeah. All right. You got it. Sha-la-la-la. Let's talk some music cues here. We had some interesting stuff with music in this episode. Yep. That's hard. I, you know, I've dug around quite a bit trying to find some information because a lot of times what happens with older shows, because they didn't get licensing for digital distribution lined up ahead of time because they didn't know that was going to exist in the future right. or DVDs or whatever, they didn't really bother to license the music for future use. So. A lot of times with DVD releases or digital releases, you'll have the original music stripped out and they'll put in, you know, replacement music, generic stuff, or they'll license new songs, whatever. Um, and I'm not sure exactly, you know, what they've done um, with Family Ties because I don't, you know, it's hard to find like sources where it shows what the original stuff was. So hopefully as the show goes on, I'll be able to kind of spot some stuff. But we did notice a couple funny music things here. Um, what was the one that you f- heard first of all? Well, which one? The oh, the bunny hop. The bunny hop. There was they were doing the bunny hop, and it was the cheesiest like can track ever. I have no idea, but um, it was definitely not what they were listening to when they were doing this dance in the in the in the show. It seemed a little fakey. Right? It was it very didn't really fakey. match up. Uh, the other one I noticed was there's a part when. Steven's like sitting, the dad is sitting in the living room and I don't know, reading a newspaper or something. And Alex comes in and walks over to the stereo and he clicks the stereo off and said, dad, this is depressing. And he's, and Steven's like, well, I was listening to that, except there's no music playing. It's just silent. So obviously whatever it was, it was playing. They stripped it. Well, and he mentions, uh, Steven's like, oh, it's a folk singer. singer, Yeah. So I don't know, maybe a Bob Dylan or something like that, where it was a recognizable song that they couldn't license. And rather than put something in there, it's just, it's just silent. Well, no, they totally intended to. They're like, yeah, we'll throw something in there. Right. And then just maybe they just never did. And then Alex changes the channel to something else. And Steven's like, no, that's depressing. And see, I think I'm wondering if it wasn't some rock song that he put on. 
because the song they put on was just like elevator music. Like, oh, it was, it was this very really weird. Again, like super can track. Yeah, it's definitely not what they originally had no, in there. No, no, no. But I have no idea what they actually put in. Um. So anyway, that was definitely a fakey thing there. Yep. Um. And then uh, a couple, just one more little fun fact here. So there's a part where Elise, the mom, is talking to the dad, and she suggests they go upstairs and listen to some Johnny Mathis records Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, suggesting they get a little frisky, right? Um, Interesting fun fact, the theme song from the the show, um, it's called Without Us. Um, It was composed by Jeff Barry and Tom Scott, and in the original first season, it was performed by Dennis Tufano and Mindy Sterling. However, from the second season on, it was performed. It was performed by Denise Williams and Johnny Mathis. Uh. So I don't know if there's a reason there. I don't know if like they were like, "Hey, Johnny Mathis, we're gonna make yeah. jokes about you. You have like you know the super sexy song, so come do our show." But whatever it was, Johnny Mathis is is the singer of it, and so yep, there you go. Sha la la la. Uh, right. So we got a, another little segment we're going to do. Um, I'm calling it explain that joke because there's a lot of, uh, old references to people yeah. that as we're watching the show, I'm, I'm taking notes of people that they make jokes about or references to that. I have no idea who they are. So we're just going to explain a couple of them real quick. I think you would agree with me on both of these. There's a few others that maybe people may or may not get like they talked about rockefellers but that's pretty generally yeah. known right Rich. no but there was one where it's like joe smith bah! and well, the studio audience goes wild the real one was okay so the first one that uh he mentioned elliot janeway the joke was um something he was excited more more excited than if elliot janeway showed up yeah and great laughter and i've never heard that name before except when i guess when i watched the pilot beforehand um elliot janeway was a uh, conservative guy, so obviously, yeah. you know, um, he uh, he was a, an economist, and I guess a famous economist, journalist, author. Um, he advised a lot of presidents as far mm. as the economy goes, including uh, between it says from Franklin Franklin D. Roosevelt all the way up through Ronald Reagan. Um, so apparently, he was just a well-known economist, which Alex P. Keaton would know about. Yeah. And surprised that a whole like audience would laugh that much because think of right now it's 2016. Can, can I name? Can an you economist? name an economist? Like period. Right. If someone made a joke, like would you even be able to? That's like on their questionnaire before they go into the yeah. audience. Yeah. What are the what famous economists? <laughs> what famous economists do you know? And I mean, according to the Wikipedia article, they're saying like, oh, he was well known, blah blah blah. But I'm just saying, I don't think there is a well known enough economist that anyone. You know, around me that I um, interact with on a daily right. basis oh, would know. Well, not economists, but like we have people in different social sciences that are well known now, such as um, like the Tipping Point guy. What's his name? Yeah, exactly. So if someone, no, said you his know name, his name. I know his name, but he's an author. And Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. That's but, right. But would you? What, is there even even Malcolm Gladwell? Are there enough people in a sitcom audience that would like know his name referenced? No, I'm not giving a lot of credit to the sitcom audience. But I'm. Mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, no, no. Even someone like that who's kind of made a no name for themselves, like writing and stuff. I'm just saying. Yeah. But I don't know. Different times, I guess. Economists. Oh, were, were can big. I comment on the sitcom audience? Please do. I actually really enjoyed that too. Um, it was very obvious that they 
record well i'm assuming they recorded in front of a live audience but it was at least screened by um a live audience because that's how sitcoms used to work (laughs) okay i mean yes that, that makes sense but they were very um i mean there were some scenes where like there's one guy in the audience with like the most ridiculous laugh and he was just dying at these jokes so i mean it's really fun hearing like the real, this is probably sounding so ridiculous. Um, but no, it's fun hearing Such a real a audience. There, you know, <laughs> oh man. Well, because okay, there are a few sitcoms that still have laugh tracks with them. Yeah, but I feel like they're they've somehow managed to blend the audience sound so that it sounds a lot more uniform. Where you can, there's like characters in the audience that you can pick out. Like, oh, that guy laughed at that joke. Right. Well. A couple things. One, a pilot's probably going to have a tougher time getting a big audience. Yeah. In fact, when I was in college, I, I'm sure they still do this. They would pay us to go to pilots. Right. For I, tapings. I've been in an audience for game shows, and that was the same right, idea. Because, you know, who wants to go to a pilot that might be terrible, yeah. first of all? Um, but also, I mean, you know, they probably, because it sounds like they mic'd them real close for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it might have been in a smaller studio than they use now. I'm not sure. Um, the other thing though is that they use what's known as canned laughter or fake stuff. So they'll, let's say they get a real like weird anomaly, something like that, where someone's doing a dumb laugh. They'll just cut that stuff out right. and put in, you know, they might use that, the laughter they got from the audience, to, but they're going to, they're going to fill that in so that it sounds like everyone thought it was real funny. Th- that was not this. No, this was no. exactly how they got it. Yeah. So, so that's a fun thing to listen for. Okay. So one other, um, explain that joke, uh, they mentioned that Alex had a poster of William Buckley in his bedroom. Uh-huh. Now, here's the problem. When I go to search for William Buckley and to try to figure out who they're talking about, there's no oh less gosh. than like 14 famous William Buckleys um, on Wikipedia. However, I'm assuming, based on you know the subject matter, that it's actually William F. Buckley Jr., um, who was an American author and conservative commentator. Conservative. Well, that, that's what kind of, that was the buzzword. And he actually was at, the picture on Wikipedia is him at the second inauguration of President Ronald Reagan. So. Oh, there we go. That was I, him. I, I'm guessing that's him. So he was another guy um, who, um, he wrote a lot of stuff. He was a historian and he advised and worked with presidents and stuff. So again, another one of these guys that I don't think there's an equivalent today that someone would even recognize. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he was the preeminent voice of American conservatism and its first great ecumenical figure. So, I mean, who, I mean, who do we have now that's that? I guess I know. some people watch CNN and get a lot, so maybe they do. But I'm just saying, how many of the what's the crossover audience between your CNN watcher and your sitcom attendee? Was it different? Maybe it's different. Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe these people were famous enough and they just was more boring in the 80s. So there were, you know, like there wasn't as much stuff to distract you. Right. They didn't have like the Marvel movie universe. That's true. So So they knew who William F. Buckley Jr. William F. Buckley Jr. Oh, goodness. All right. So, like you mentioned earlier, this episode, as in most of the episodes you're going to find out, um, it has uh, a moral. So we're going to close our show with the moral. What's the moral of the show? What did you take away? Well, I took away two things. One is that you have to love your children by giving them the freedom to live their life. Um, And then I think on the opposite side is that racism is bad. 
Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's I what mean, I got. I mean, right away in the pilot, they got to some pretty deep stuff, I, right? Really, really quick. Where I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So yeah. it's not unusual from this era. No. Honestly, it's really not. Um, I mean, but, yeah. but I can see like a grandma like watching this with the family and going, "Oh man, like that that is just that is so good." You know, look at that. Fam- the, I was going to say family values, but like. um you know, I can just, you, you get something from this. It's, it's uplifting. It almost feels like the type of stuff that we show kids to try and trick them into learning a lesson. Uh-huh. But that's how television was. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, if you go back and look at different strokes and facts of life and all of those old sitcoms from back then. I can't wait. They're, they all, they all have a lesson. And, and I think Family Ties specializes in it. I mean, they, they have like a very special episode, like every couple of episodes. And even the cool. regular episodes are already kind of very special. So I will, I will definitely be following along. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you all for, uh, for listening. Thank you for, uh, for checking out the pilot of Alex B. Keaton is my friend. And um, I hope that you guys will follow along with us. Again, if you want to uh, watch the show, um, it's on Amazon Prime for free. And um, so you should check that out. And otherwise, you can buy the DVDs if you're not into the whole streaming thing. I'm sure we've got a lot of people who are into physical media out there in internet land. Yeah, and if you're really good, get the DVDs and watch one and then watch the other and compare them back to back. See if there's any different... Edits or anything. That would be interesting. Someone wants to do those comparisons, write us in. Do that. How can they write in? I should probably set up an email address, shouldn't I? Yes. Yeah. Insert email address here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, do you have a a Facebook group or anything like that? Yes. Well, yes. You can uh, like us on Facebook. Alex P. Keaton is my friend, um, is the name of our page. You can also go to alexpkeatonismyfriend.com for uh, our actual website um, where you might be listening to this right now and um, for all the other information you need to know as far as contact, etc. It'll all be on there. And um, I hope you guys will join us in the upcoming weeks. We'll be dropping these uh, once a week, kind of following a television season schedule. So we'll take a break for the holidays. We'll take a break for summer, that kind of thing. We'll be following that. So this is uh, this will be season one, and uh, we'll go from there. Oh, TV just started. Yeah, that's the idea. Oh, my gosh, I'm, I get it. I'm following the TV season. I was wondering why there was so much time pressure to get this out. Yeah, I got to follow, because okay. that way, when the Thanksgiving episode happens, we're talking about Thanksgiving episodes. Sha-la-la. Yes, that is the idea. So, Matthew, is there anything you want to plug before uh, before you go? Well, um, you can check me out at Mountain Room Escapes if you're ever in Southern California in the Big Bear area. Uh, mountainroomescapes.com. Um, that's it. That's what I got going. Thank you for joining us. So join us next time for a very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. What What would we do, do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do, baby?